Conventions. It takes a very steady hand. Conventions. Toys. Star Trek action figures also sold separately. Comics. My spidey sense is tingling. Collectibles. Sold $325. Books. I'm a best-selling author. RPGs. Where the Cheetos? Video games. Grab and peels. Music. Anime. This is the GW Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the GW Podcast. I'm Scott Woodard. And I'm Arnold Blumberg. And Happy New Year to all of you. And hey, uh, yeah, noisemakers all around. It's 2014. And uh, a big hello to all of our new listeners and new followers on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, it's, a, it's a tad cliche to say it, but uh, we really couldn't do this without you guys. So thank you so much. And uh, this is going to be a great year. we got a lot planned for you. And we kind of wanted to do a little show to go over some of the stuff that we have planned. And uh, also talk a little bit about how the whole podcast came together. Because for those of you just joining us, uh, you may not know these little bits and pieces. So that will all be coming up in this show well, that's the thing. We actually have been doing the show since uh, May of 2013. We did it for, uh, well, so far for over six months now. And we have a nice little archive built up of shows covering everything. We've run the range from uh, horror to science fiction, from film to television, gaming, comics, everything in between. But we really haven't ever taken the time to stop and say how it all came together. And since we have an influx of a lot of new people listening, we thought this would be the perfect opportunity. Yeah, I think it, I think this is a perfect time to do that. Uh, but just uh, a few other things we do want to get out of the way right off the ba- right off the bat, rather, is uh, first and foremost, uh, do do stick around and listen for the uh, the entire show because at the very end we're going to do one of our uh, our legendary contests, <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully we'll get more people to uh, to submit. But uh, we're going to actually give away something that will be of uh, hopefully of great interest to Doctor Who fans. So stick around to the very end of this show. Or fast forward if you want to be a cheater, and uh, we'll we'll do a little contest there for you. But as I said uh, at the top when I mentioned Twitter and all of our new followers, uh, we do want to make sure that you guys all know where to find us online. So, of course, uh, g2vpodcast.com is our main website. Go there for updates. And, of course, we have our new uh, magic number uh, what is that? What's the actual name of it again, Arnold? The, three um, is a magic number. Three is a magic number. Three there is you a magic go. Number. Anybody remembers the the good schoolhouse rock days will know where that comes from. Yeah. But so. uh, every one of these is just a, a quick little bite of something or other. That's three of something. In the past, toward the end of the year, we did some stuff like uh, three Twilight Zone episodes that had to do with Christmas, that kind of thing. So we'll be continuing to do our take on a whole variety of things, and it's a nice little bit of extra content there on the site. Rather than just the episodes, we also have things for you to read. And we'll also be featuring more things on the site, which we'll talk about soon. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so most importantly, I would say uh, do follow us on Twitter, uh, which is just at G2V Podcast. Uh, we are trying our best to keep that thing updated more or less 24 hours. It seems like whenever our, our schedules are overlapping, even in the middle of the night, one of us is likely up and posting something. So uh, definitely follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are, we'll follow you right back, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to see all of the updates uh, when we're posting new Three is a Magic Numbers and when the new episodes get up there. And, of course, whenever we have uh, just you know, cool news from the Internet, we, we put that up there at the same time. And it's just, it's just a, a great way to keep in touch with us and also a nice way to interact with us as well. We've had some great conversations on Twitter. That's right, and uh, hopefully that will continue to grow. We also have a Facebook page, of course. Uh, can't do without one of those. Uh, <laughs> we're on Tumblr. And what else? Oh, well, of course, the other thing is that uh, the show is carried on iTunes. And we would love it if you do subscribe to the show or listen to the show or download the episodes on iTunes. Please take the time, if you like what you hear, to rate the show, review the show. All those kind of things may not seem like much to people. But they all matter a great deal, and they help just to increase the visibility, to keep boosting the signal, so to speak. So uh, we appreciate all the feedback we can get. Yeah, the iTunes thing, uh, from what we've read, is hugely important, believe it or not. So even if it's just a matter of clicking on a few stars for us every once in a while for an episode or for the, the show overall, uh, we really would appreciate it. And of course, if you could take a few minutes to sit down, even a few seconds, heck, uh, and uh, you know, and put together some kind of a, a review for the, the show, uh, we would definitely appreciate it because um, it seems like that kind of thing is, is just very, very important. 
to get the word out and to, to build our audience. And another thing I mentioned at the top was uh, we were going to go over some of the things that we have planned for 2014. And uh, we do have some amazing stuff lined up. If you guys could only see the wipe-off board that's directly in front of me <laughs> on my wall, which is listing all of our uh, all of the, the potential interviews that we already have lined up, uh, it's pretty stellar, actually. It's a very impressive list. And we've got people that we're going to talk to from uh, the gaming industries, from the film industries, from the special effects industry. Uh, who else do we have? We've got, uh, oh gosh. Oh, we've even got some musicians we're going to talk to that might might be of uh, interest to a lot of you. We've got a potential um, crossover with another uh, major science fiction podcast. That we're going to do a little uh, trade back and forth. That's another possibility oh, yeah. coming up. I mean, one of the uh, things. Some documentary producers as well. Documentary if... producers, if <laughs> things go that way. <laughs> Um, one of the things that's come up, though, it's interesting, is that when we started this, a lot of this was built around – well, we'll talk a little more about it in a minute. But it was built around the idea of us talking about all these things that we love. But one of the things that certainly drives it, too, is being able to bring guests in who are also directly involved in so many of these things. We've had some great guests already, and uh, we're really going to up the ante, I think, on that this year. Yeah, if you haven't listened to uh, our our episodes that that have featured guests, uh, we've certainly talked to Stephen Warren Hill about Universal um, Horror, and he he wrote uh, a terrific uh, couple of books about the uh, classic horror films. Uh, we've spoken with Stephen Graves, who was uh, in the press uh, when they revealed the missing episodes that were discovered of Doctor Who. And that was a really exciting little interview we did there. Mm-hmm. We've spoken with uh, Toby Froud, uh, the actual baby from Labyrinth, who's now <laughs> a, a film producer and sculptor and working in the animation industry. Uh, we've, who else? We, we spoke with Paul and Storm, the, the comedy music duo. Uh, lots of great shows that you can uh, go back and listen to. And um, Am I missing anybody? Uh, we might be missing somebody, but <laughs> oh, the important God. thing is that they're all there and they're we all have there. so many more coming up. Uh, there are a lot of potential, uh, opportunities here for some other things we want to do in the year to come. Um, more video related content, for instance, who want to potentially do some stuff in that area. Yeah, that's definitely something I've been, uh, we've been kicking around for a while. We do have a YouTube channel, but, uh, it's not, it has no content at the moment. That will change. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we we don't really have any content there, but uh, we are really we have some plans in mind for the uh, the YouTube channel. One thing I've really for, I've always wanted to do this is I want to do some uh, some on camera reviews uh, of uh, product, including a lot of sort of older classic collectible type stuff. At some point, I think that'd be kind of fun to talk about. And of course, my my hobby, one of my hobbies being gaming and role playing games and board games. I got a lot of really neat unusual stuff that I would love to share with you all. So that's uh, another thing that we're lining up. Uh, and then to, to as uh, an extension of that, we've been discussing doing some potential Google Hangout uh, live chats and live streaming. Uh, so that is on deck where it would be us effectively recording a show, but uh, potentially doing it as an interview and bringing in some other people. And you can see our ugly mugs on camera. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that'll uh, work out have? for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Well, one thing we also uh, started doing in one of our la- latest episodes where we um, – the main topic was American Horror Story Coven. We did uh, – this was because it was right around the holiday time – some recommendations for last-minute Christmas gifts. But one of the things we want to do uh, for future episodes as well is spending a little bit of time, possibly in every episode, but certainly uh, every once in a while – Doing reviews of a variety of things. Uh, Absolutely. Games, yeah. comics, books, all the things that are coming out. Yes, there are a lot of people that do this too. Uh, but after all, if you're listening to the show, you might be interested in what our take is on some of the things that are happening. So we wanted to incorporate that into future shows in 2014. So we'll be doing that. Well, and of course, the other thing too is that the structure of our show uh, is is a multi-topic magazine. So you know, while there are loads of other podcasts out there that are very, very, uh, you know, focused on certain topics, Doctor Who episode, podcasts, Star Trek podcasts, horror movie podcasts, and they're all great and go listen to them. Um, the Our focus is a little bit more dynamic. And I think because of that, it allows us to sort of review and talk about things uh, with a uh, sort of, I don't know, maybe a wider perspective. Oh, we actually, we, we have such a wide range of topics that we can cover, and it's everything from 
every medium you can think of to all the kinds of things in genre entertainment that we're interested in. And like you even said earlier, like music, things that uh, that intersect in so many ways in different levels of entertainment. So it's not just about one thing. We aren't just about one show or about one kind of movie. And that's why we can throw in all kinds of reviews for stuff that we love and that we'd like to share with everybody, too. Yeah, and at one point, uh, as I mentioned before, you know, I'm a big gamer, and uh, uh, soundtracks, soundtracks are wonderful for the game table. And so that's a, sort of a neat little crossover right there, so that I can, you know, I would, I'm looking forward to reviewing certain soundtracks, but also to talk about how you can apply them to, you know, various games that you might be playing. So sort of, you know, mix things up a little bit there. And I guess now, should we, should we go for the, uh, the very obvious uh, request <laughs> at this point? Uh, we've already done some reviews, and we're going to continue to do that. One of the things that we're also hoping to do on the website, and again, we'll get to some of this in a minute, but uh, both of us have done aspects of this over the years in our career anyway, and I, I certainly have spent many years writing for a wide variety of magazines doing reviews. We'll be featuring reviews on the website as well, text reviews as well as doing stuff in the show to varying degrees, which leads us to uh, a request, a humble request. Let's make it a humble request, <laughs> which is if you have something that you'd like reviewed and you like what you hear from other shows that we've done, then by all means, get in touch with us. And uh, yeah, this sounds like a really uh, selfish and horrible <laughs> grab for uh, material, but that's because it is. And the, <laughs> the only thing that we'd say, though, uh, that will make sure that our integrity and credibility remain intact is if you have DVDs or Blu-rays, games, books, comics, things, toys, things you'd like to hear us review on the show, we absolutely would happily do that. We absolutely will take things and review them. But... We will caution you right from the start. We intend to be honest. We're going to actually give our genuine response to these things. We're not just going to hype stuff for the sake of having the commercial. If we uh, see a flaw, we'll point it out. If we think something doesn't quite pass muster, we will. But absolutely, we'll be thrilled to review things that people would like to offer us for that. And hopefully, we'll continue to do more of that as we move forward in the year. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, and I, I really do hope we hear from uh, from people and start to get some cool stuff across our tables, because I think it would be really a nice uh, nice addition to the show to talk about new and upcoming products. And keeping in the same general vein, we would also expand that request to all of our listeners in general, in the sense that uh, one of the things, actually, that I'd have to say... Uh, <laughs> Maybe we could call it a little bit of a struggle. As we started the show, we're, we're in a sea of podcasts. We're, we're well aware of that fact. This is a, a well-saturated area. We certainly are grateful for everybody that has already found us and is listening and has offered feedback or shown their support or is following us on Twitter. And obviously, we'd like this to continue to grow and grow. But there's quite a, a steep curve there. And there are a lot of other shows out there that vie for your attention. So what we'd like to ask for is more feedback. Um, that's really all we'd like to ask for at this point is uh, more interaction with everybody who's listening. Do you have questions? Do you have suggestions for things that you'd like to hear in future shows? We can't really continue to build the show and tailor it to things that people are interested in hearing if we don't hear from you. So we'd love to hear from you and know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and if you have any ideas that you'd like us to tackle in future shows, even if it's just a simple little question. Maybe you have something about pop culture history you'd like to hear us uh, check into and tackle, or you have an idea for an entire topic that you'd think, wow, I'd like to hear an entire show about this, then get in touch. And how can they do that? Well, they can certainly uh, contact us at contact at gwpodcast.com. Uh, you can oh, – that would probably be the most direct way, I would imagine. Sure. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, but with Twitter, that's instantaneous. Yeah, yeah. So, sure, know, yeah. feel free to tweet us if you have an idea. Uh, feel free to post on the Facebook page if you have an idea. But, yeah, I mean, we're we're there. We're we're available in so many different ways. We're easy access for us. So uh, yeah, we we really would love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. And but you're right. And contact at gdvpodcast.com for just about everything is certainly also guaranteed. Heads right to us. 
And we'd love to hear from you, even if it's just uh, a pat on the back or a vicious, horrible review that tears us to pieces. <laughs> Let's face it. At this point, we'd be happy to get that, too. That's all right. <laughs> well, you know, you know, carrying on there, uh, one of the reasons that we've been doing so many diverse, different uh, uh, subjects and topics is because we're sort of reaching out and just trying things and trying to see what sticks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we're, we're trying to figure out what we're doing with the show, uh, obviously on our own, but we really would love to hear some feedback because, you know, do you want to hear more stuff about TV? Do you want to hear more stuff about games or movies, uh, or toys or comics? You know, there's, there's so many different things we'd love to touch on. Uh, and obviously we have a lot of topics in, in mind that we want to do regardless of what you tell us, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, please. I mean, it's very important for us to hear back from from our audience. And if you like what you're hearing or don't like what you're hearing, and if you don't like it, well, maybe you should keep your comments to yourself. <laughs> um, but uh, but if you do like it and you want to be engaged, you know, by all means, please contact us and, and let us know uh, what we can do for you. So yeah, so in a nutshell, that pretty much covers all the stuff that we've got lined up for 2014. Uh, a lot of great stuff coming. And uh, I think right now we're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we come back... We are going to effectively reintroduce ourselves uh, to a lot of you out there who maybe don't know us, or I guess that would be introduce ourselves, uh, who, who don't know us, don't know where we came from, why we're doing this show in the first place, what our credentials are, what our publication and production history is. Yeah, why listen to these guys at why all? Why would you listen to us? Well, but anyway, so we're going to come back in just a bit uh, after this little break, and we are going to go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> Stay right there. Two longtime fans of two bionic shows discuss an episode in detail every two weeks. Cyborgs, a bionic podcast. Find us at chronicrift.com slash cyborgs or subscribe on iTunes. And we're back, and as we said before the break, one of the things we wanted to do in this first show for 2014 was, as Scott said earlier, reintroduce ourselves. Now, one of the things about this, as I mentioned before, is that there are so many of these shows out there. Uh, why listen to our show? Why listen to us? <laughs> why are we doing this, and uh, what do we bring to the table that gives us, um, I don't know, some credibility, some foundation in talking about all these things in media and genre entertainment? Well, let's face it, on one level, uh, you don't need any. One of the things that we should probably underline here is we're about to tell you some things about us, mainly because we hope that uh, you're interested and that you get a better idea of where we're coming from. But we're also all at the heart of it. We're all fans. The reason we're doing this is because we love the stuff we're talking about, and we just want to be able to continue to talk about it and share it with everybody. That's really all you need in the end. But there are some other things involved, too, <laughs> uh, some reasons why we have uh, some professional background between both of us that feeds into why we've ended up here doing this show. And uh, should I get started then? I guess I could. Yeah, why don't you go ahead? All right. Well, I, a lot of our stories are going to be kind of similar in the sense that both of us have grown up, obviously, like so many of you, I assume, listening. Grown up being fans of so many of the things we're talking about, we wouldn't be talking about this stuff if we didn't grow up loving all of it. You know, horror and science fiction and fantasy and gaming and comics and toys and all these things. Uh, some of us uh, turn our hobbies into jobs. And sometimes I've actually joked about how that can be dangerous, but I'm one of the ones who did that. Um, for 15 years, I worked professionally in the comic book industry and for a while was editor of the Overstreet Comic Book Price Guide, which anybody in comic collecting has heard of, uh, has probably flipped through on more than one occasion. And uh, has often referred to it possibly as the Bible of the industry. That's a phrase that cropped up from time to time, even if it was one we were making sure stayed out there ourselves. <laughs> but um, that was 15 years of my life working in comics. And uh, toward the end of there, uh, working as the curator of a museum entirely about pop culture, history, and comic book history. And ever oh, I want to just interject one thing real quick. Yeah, go ahead. So I, I was looking on um, Amazon the other day. Yeah. And I punched your name in. Yeah. And the current Overstreet guy came up. Can you explain why you're still well, your name is still the, there's uh, there's still stuff that I wrote that they continue to run in every edition of the guide. 
Okay. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised it's still in there. But, yeah. <laughs> but it is. Um, but yeah, there, there's uh, the guide continues to come out every single year and cover uh, not just the pricing for the year, but tons and tons of history about the whole uh, scope of comic collecting. And over the years I wrote as editor, not only was running that book and many of the other books we did from that company about comics and toy rings. And I did a book many years ago that was about the whole history of big little books, uh, which was one of the most fun projects I ever worked on. Um, but in comics, there are a lot of articles about various characters and bits of history. But some of the things in it, including, I think, possibly a piece on promotional comics, might still be running in the Overstreet Guide to this day. Oh, okay. um, and technically, many of us that work in that circle become advisors to the Overstreet Guide, which is an honorary title of sorts in the industry that kind of sticks with you forever. And I'm, I think I'm an honorary Overstreet advisor for the rest of my life, uh, even if I never provide a market report. <laughs> and that maybe five people out there will get. But if you get it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but so I did that. But uh, over the course of the years working in comics, I also loved so many other things, Doctor Who, horror movies, all this other stuff, and uh, became a prolific contributor, contributing editor and writer to a number of magazines over the years, both online and in print. I worked on magazines like Eon, which was a, a web-based magazine that no longer exists. And I worked on Cinescape for many years, which went through a number of incarnations. And the one that I was on was arguably one of the more popular, but I'm sure there'll be somebody out there who might disagree. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I spent a lot of years doing a lot of that, writing so much material for uh, genre entertainment magazines. And it was around that time uh, that I also got connected to a fellow by the name of David J. Howe in the Doctor Who community because I love Doctor Who. And being in the collectibles industry, I wanted to do a book about Doctor Who collectibles and toys. And nobody had done it before, but I knew very well that this guy, David Howe, had done Doctor Who history books, would be the one to contact. And uh, we got to know each other over email in the late 90s and eventually self-published the first edition of Howe's Transcendental Toy Box, the guide to Doctor Who merchandise. And from that, I entered the world of Doctor Who fandom in a very distinct uh, way and started contributing more and more to that. That led to so many other things like writing licensed stories for the short trips books for Big Finish. Oh, so lots and lots of articles here and there, uh, going to conventions like Gallifrey One in Chicago TARDIS every single year. And as we speak, uh, becoming a small press publisher and now publishing nonfiction books about Doctor Who and many other things. And then I guess the last thing I should throw in there is that one of the later things I got involved with, uh, together with a good friend of mine, uh, Andy Hirschberger, was uh, writing a book on the entire history of zombie cinema. Because, yes, another thing I got into was just loving zombie movies and wanting to cover them in a way that we really had never seen done before. We were one of the first books out there that really exhaustively researched the whole history of zombie cinema from 1932 to the present. After I did that, I started teaching a lot. I had already been teaching a class in comic book literature for many years. Uh, it's now nearly 15. And uh, in 2010, I started teaching a course in zombies in popular media at the University of Baltimore. And the week I started that class, uh, the world exploded. And as Scott remembers very well, because he was online <laughs> with me at the time, that class, uh, within the week of it debuting, and this grew out of having done the book, Zombie Mania, got international press coverage. I was getting contacted by television and radio and online from the United States, the UK, Mexico, China, God, I can't remember now, Canada, uh, countries where occasionally I was doing interviews and was being told I would never be able to read the interview that was finished because it was <laughs> in a language I didn't know. But it was insane. And so now, um, after all these years, I continue to contribute chapters to books about zombie movies. I'm still teaching a wide variety of media courses and everything from zombies to superhero mythology to um, Doctor Who fits in there sometimes, time travel and apocalyptic literature and all these things. So I do a lot of teaching and media stuff, the kind of classes people hear and then say, wow, I wish I was a student, uh, th that <laughs> comes up. Uh, but because of all the zombie work that I continue to do and keep building on, 
once helped Six Flags launch an apocalypse roller coaster live on television with the zombie thing, uh, is that now I've become known as a quote-unquote internationally recognized zombie expert, which that phrase is completely and totally 100% accurate as long <laughs> as you actually care about the coverage. It's true. Well, you've also contributed some essays to some recent books, right, on, on zombies. Yeah, yeah. Um, Quite a few of them. Uh, as we speak, I actually wrapped up a chapter on Shane Walsh from the TV show, uh, The Walking Dead, that will hopefully show up in a book coming out in the near future. But I've, I've written for a number of uh, zombie collections, including one uh, by uh, Dr. Robert Smith, who himself has become an internationally recognized zombie expert. And he's also quite involved in the world of Doctor Who as well. Um, I, I published the first book my publishing company published outside in was edited by him and we're doing a follow-up to that it's all about dr who so there's a lot of crossover here with <laughs> a lot of this stuff and um yeah so you know it's uncomfortable doing all this list so, so, i know it's crazy it's, yeah it's, but it's... I, but yeah so i mean it's just um while being a fan the point i guess we're trying to make and that you will then make about yourself is that yeah we we also have been working hard at it <laughs> We we turned being a fan into into a job and we've worked hard at it for many years and and uh, my my efforts have focused on so many different areas and um, while Scots are in very different areas of industries as well it's amazing how many things we cross over with but oh yeah oh my turn yes <laughs> you go ahead now yeah I I think we both share one problem um, and that is that we have done so much. That it's often uh, it's often difficult to sort of narrow it down, uh, especially when it comes to like a resume. I know, yeah. It feels like I, it's just I, like a long list of stuff that doesn't stop, and it's yeah. And then people I mean, think I, we're rolling in dough, but that's not true. Either. No, we are definitely not. <laughs> no, uh, but I mean, we've we've done a lot of different stuff. But it's actually funny because just today I was in a conversation online, and it was all about um, having to remove stuff from your resume. Because you know you get that sort of that 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 whole you're overqualified, yeah, which, response from from potential uh, companies that are going to hire you, that's true. and uh, and they'll you know they'll look over all the stuff that I've done, and I'm sure the same thing goes for you, and say, wow, this is really impressive, but uh, yeah, we don't know what to do with you. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> yeah, and then it's so, like, oh, uh, I, I, I I hate to, but then it's like with the teaching and everything else, and going to conventions. One of the things that. I then eased into, which is probably one of the most, one of the strangest things and least comfortable is how much public speaking I do now. Lectures yeah. on zombies and uh, the history of Jewish comic creators and all this other stuff. And, and a lot of that's because spending all those years teaching, I was the kid that would sit in at home and just read comics all day. And I would never have imagined that in years to come, I'd be making public appearances at conventions and doing interviews on stage with some of my favorite <laughs> actors from Doctor Who or appearing on television and explaining to the Fox Morning Show team why zombies are a relevant subject <laughs> for a critical thinking course. Uh, explaining to zombies why zombies are important. Yeah. Oh, that's one of my favorite <laughs> moments ever. Um, but but yeah, so – and that just shows you where – fandom and being involved in all these things you love can actually get you can actually get you to some pretty exciting places but i took it back again so it's supposed to be your turn so go ahead <laughs> well mine is uh it, it's a strange story um i uh when i first moved out to la in the early 90s i immediately and i and i literally mean that the day after i arrived uh got into the special effects industry so i started working in, right out of college in special effects doing well, everything from animatronic puppets to stop motion puppets, and I worked on a lot of full moon films, so the Puppet Master films and the subspecies movies and things like that. So I started on working on that kind of stuff, uh, and that actually transitioned into several other films, mostly sort of B grade type horror movies and things of that nature. Uh, but I, you know, I also got to work on five of the Budweiser frog commercials <laughs> uh, and I'm pretty proud of some of the work that I did on those, you know, work built uh, animatronic frogs and puppeteered them uh, and actually, you know, had a great time doing that. Uh, you can actually find me on IMDb. Um, just go ahead and look me up. You'll see my credentials, but uh, click on my wife's list. It's a little bit more impressive than mine. Oh well, you um, gotta you gotta bring that up too because I met my wife in a way that's totally unrelated to any of the jobs I've done. But right. uh, but but you met yours because of them. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah, I mean, I can. I'll mention that I was working on. I got hired to work on Carnosaur Two. <laughs> it was a. <laughs> it was a, a Roger Corman film, uh, obviously because it was a direct sequel. Actually, it's not a direct sequel to Carnosaur. It has nothing to do with Carnosaur for the most part. Uh, but I was brought in to build an animatronic Velociraptor. And it was a full-size eye blinks, head, move, jaw, teeth, claws, this whole deal on a moving rig. And in that particular shop on that show, uh, I actually met my wife, Tamara. So that goes back many, many years, but that's how we got together. And uh, we worked on a few shows together, but uh, for the most part, she did her own thing and went off and <laughs> she's worked on, you know, things like Iron Man and Ender's Game and, you know, Wolverine and all these gigantic films that have had her go every you know, corner of the globe, but that's her story. This is my my time. That's right. <laughs> we'll have her for another show. Yeah, exactly. We'll interview her. Um, so anyway, so I, I worked on that stuff, but then I got out of the effects industry and uh, actually got brought into uh, working as a a well at first a um a uh, oh gosh an associate writer producer for a television network. In this case, it was the fledgling WB network. And uh, it's a very long, strange, convoluted story how I went from special effects to that. But it did involve special effects. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about that some someday. And uh, so I got in there and then also transi- transitioned within the company into being one of the people to help launch Kids WB. And so I was there with the WB then slash Kids WB uh, for just shy of 10 years. So it was a nice long run working at Warner Brothers in, in uh, Burbank, California. Uh, after that, I, I then went on to work for uh, other networks. I worked for ABC Family and did some stuff for Disney Channel and things like that. But that's it's all writer-producer related. Won a bunch of awards for the stuff I did, uh, particularly the stuff I did at uh, Kids WB. Won uh, a few of the, what they're called the Promax Awards, which are the most prestigious award in the promo industry. And uh, But actually, jumping back a little bit, in 2004, uh, I, was, uh, I basically got the opportunity to write – uh, Doctor Who. I, I actually uh, hooked up with uh, Gary Russell at a, a Gallifrey convention that I had been attending as just a fan. Mm-hmm. And I had been going there since 1993. And in 2004, Gary and I more or less became very fast friends because we shared a lot of the same interests. And he knew I was working for Warner Brothers and obviously had uh, had pro- professional credentials as a writer. And uh, that led into my writing The Juggernauts uh, with Colin Baker as the sixth doctor and some Daleks and Bonnie Langford as Mel. And of course, Terry Malloy as Davros. And that then of course that carried on and I was able to then write, uh, I Davros guilt, which was the fourth episode of the I Davros series and an immediate prequel to Genesis of the Daleks. There are very few people who grew up as doctor who fans who can say (laughs) that they contributed to the mythos in quite that way. Even many other writers who've worked on Doctor Who can't quite say that. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it was kind of a, I mean, it was a really, uh, you know, pinch myself type of uh, situation where I just had to keep reminding myself that this was actual reality and I had deadlines and had to get scripts done. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I, you know, in, uh, I think we had mentioned this in a previous episode, but for, for new listeners, uh, if, you, if you get a chance to listen to I, Davros, Guilt, uh, one thing you'll find out is exactly what Dalek means. Mm-hmm. So. And that was all that was all me. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a crazy idea I put in the script and it it went through. So kind of shocking Uh, that then Doctor Who related that led to my writing Absolution, which was uh, uh, an eighth doctor. So Paul McGann story with uh, India Fisher as Charlie. And I got to uh, write a character out. I wrote Keras out of the picture. And, of course, the mentioning of Keras in, uh, on screen uh, has now made that story canon. So that's kind of exciting. And uh, then I also got a chance to write one more for Big Finish, and that was Dark Shadows, The Rage Beneath. And Dark Shadows was another show I grew up with and was quite a fan of. So it was kind of fun to write American Gothic horror Mm. uh, for Big Finish as well. So that's all the Big Finish stuff. Push that aside. Uh, And it was a short story in there as well. So uh, so there's the special effects stuff. There was the um, Big Finish stuff. There was uh, working for Warner Brothers and working in the promo industry. And uh, then... Uh, after many years of doing all sorts of other diverse type stuff, I also have um, – I should also mention that I've done some voiceover work, but that's uh, 
that's a long, strange little list as well. I've done some commercials and some uh, voice match for cartoons. So when I was at Kids WB, if you saw a spot that maybe had Scooby in it or Shaggy or Yu-Gi-Oh or any of these characters, eh, it might not have always been the exact actors that you thought it was. Mm. It could have been me. So I actually did a lot of that kind of stuff there. Uh, then, then we finally, my wife and I decided that, uh, we had more or less had enough with, uh, LA and we made our way northward to Portland where we are right now, Portland, Oregon. And, uh, she was able to transition into working in the, um, into Leica, the company that did Coraline. And, uh, I was actually brought on to be the puppet coordinator on the movie core on the movie Paranorman. So, uh, we both worked on Paranorman more or less and I did that for a year and a half. Uh, and at the same time, I was also doing some other interesting stuff in publishing. And that was working as an editor proofreader in the role-playing game industry. And I've actually worked on well over 50 published products mm. uh, that I've edited and proofread. Uh, just finished a couple of things up for Crafty Games for the Mistborn license. Um, and what else have I done more recently? Oh, of course, Deadlands Noir, uh, which I, we talked about in a previous episode. And there's a few other things like that and a couple other ones that are coming up. And I think that brings me more or less up. I, I am also writing a, a role-playing game, which would, which hopefully, <laughs> that if things all come together, uh, should see the light of day probably by the end of this year. I think that's all the way. And while you were going with that list, I was just thinking about the fact that one thing I didn't bring up is how many years I've been working in design as well, doing oh, yeah. book layout and design. That was something I was already doing, Jack of All Trades, at Gemstone Publishing in Overstreet, not just writing and editing books, but also laying them out and designing books, which, by the way, I still considered one of the most relaxing, wonderful things to do. And it's something I've continued to do my whole career, uh, getting together with David Howe and doing the Toy Box. I designed and uh, assembled that entire book, have since gone on to do oh, dozens of uh, books for Telos publishing david's publishing company many other doctor who and television and movie guides and some of their hank jansen crime novels and when they were doing time hunter novellas and all kind of things i've done lots and lots of book layout and design and i continue to do it with my own publishing company doing the, all the layout and design for the books we're doing so i love doing that but see that's the thing so we just got these enormous lists I know. It's just it's um, insane. And then it's funny, too, like you were just saying. So you just thought of the design thing. And I just thought of another thing I should probably <laughs> mention, because I'm sure someone will be interested in, in this, is that I actually worked with uh, Joel Hodgson on uh, three projects right. uh, when I lived in L.A. And so if you're a fan of classic uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, you certainly know who Joel was uh, and is. It's not like he's left us. No, but, no. Uh, uh, yeah, we worked on the uh, a pilot for uh, – well, the first thing we did was called the Xbox is Turning, which then was renamed and re redone as the TV Wheel, which actually did air on comedy – was it the Comedy Channel at the time maybe? or It might have been Comedy Central at that point. Um, and then uh, there was an abandoned feature film project called Statical Planets. And uh, we worked on that, and I actually got to be inside a giant hodag suit and destroy a miniature city. So sadly, that movie will never see the light of day, but the, the material was shot, and every once in a while, clips surface. But So that was another fun thing I got to do. Well, see, now hopefully at this point, people are still listening. <laughs> uh, we've spent – this is the thing. We, we've done six months of this show. And we've talked about all kinds of things that we love, whether it's talking about a show like American Horror Story or movies like the Evil Dead movies or talking plenty about the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. But one thing we wanted to at least take a little bit of time, and we just only hope that people would indulge us enough to do, was to spend some time explaining why we're here and yeah. why we have the backgrounds we have to talk about some of these things. And like I said at the top of the segment – it doesn't necessarily mean anybody needs any professional criteria for this sort of thing. We're all fans. We all love this stuff. But we did feel particularly so many new people potentially listening or following that it would be interesting to get our credentials out there and say, well, this is how we followed our strange paths, two very different paths. And, and you mentioned being in L.A. and Portland, but you didn't come from there. No, no, that's true. I'm originally from Rochester, New York. And I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, or really outside Baltimore, and am still there to this day. And I've spent my entire life working and living here on the East Coast. Now you're on the West Coast. Um, 
And although it's very different paths with a lot of very different credits, both of us have found ourselves personally and then professionally just submerging ourselves in all these things that we still love so much just as viewers and things that just entertain us. And we followed them professionally as well. And that's what we wanted to share. We wanted to say this is why we're each here. But as we come to the end of this segment, and assuming everybody's still with us, <laughs> um, when we get back from the next break, which we're going to take in just a second, we wanted to now get to the final uh, piece of this puzzle, which is, well, okay, now you know a little bit about both of us, where we come from, uh, why we're talking about the things we're talking about, and why maybe you have any reason to listen to us at all, or what our <laughs> opinions are. But now the big question, why G to V? How did the podcast happen, and how did the two of us team up to make it happen? So that's what we'll be doing as soon as we get back from this next break. G2V. Do you like movies? Well, let me make you an offer that you can't refuse. Have you ever found yourself standing at the local Cineplex with that smell of freshly buttered popcorn wafting through your nostrils, wondering if that new Hugh Jackman movie is really worth your time? Or have you ever lamented about that time you spent scouring the vast expanse of the internet for movie and DVD release dates when, let's be honest, you'd rather be leveling up your troll hunter, working on the great American novel, or even watching kitten videos? Oh yes, I said kitten videos. I will do the work for you. All I ask is 15 to 30 minutes of your time every Tuesday. My name is Michael Faulkner, and every Tuesday is showtime at the Weekly Podioplex, your audio guide to what's new at the box office, how the top 10 fared over the weekend, and what's coming to your home theater on DVD and Blu-ray. You can find the Weekly Podioplex on the Chronic Rift Network at www.chronicrift.com, along with a plethora of other podcasts that explore the culture in pop culture. The Weekly Podioplex, brought to you by the Chronic Rift. Thanks for listening. We'll see you at the theater. That's a wrap! And we're back, and the story continues. So how did the G2V podcast come to be? And, of course, that would also uh, cover how did you and I uh, meet up? Yeah. How, how, did, how did we become a thing? <laughs> how did the two of us become a thing where our wives will say, oh, they're just talking to each other again? Um, it's a bromance. Yeah. Uh, well, as we both mentioned already, you were a longtime Gallifrey One attendee the LA mm-hmm. Doctor Who convention. You've also I had been I well yeah, I mean I I'd been going to that convention as a fan. Yes. Uh, I started going there in 1993. And uh and then of course in once Jug- the Juggernauts came out, which would have been 2005, uh I was now attending as a guest. And I started as a guest only because it's interesting. I I grew up a huge Star Trek and Star Wars fan and came to Doctor Who later than you and and a lot of people I know. But I never felt myself uh, – I never felt a real urge to get involved in, in the quote-unquote organized fandom. I didn't go to many conventions. I went to some of the Star Trek creation conventions, but that was kind of like going to a store. It wasn't really like socializing or getting to know people. The, the Doctor Who conventions were always such a warm family-like atmosphere. It was very different. But I never had a reason to really go, and I didn't pursue it until after I had done the first edition of the Toy Box at the end of 2000. So in 2001 – I attended my first Doctor Who conventions, both the Gallifrey in L.A. and then Chicago TARDIS in November, uh, and I was going as a guest uh, supporting the toy box, but, I mean, obviously also going as a fan, just loving being there and doing whatever I could to help contribute to those shows, too. And you obviously had already been going to Gallifrey. You've been to a few Chicagos from time to time. Yeah, I, I did a few in the, I guess, in the... Early 2000s, I guess. Yeah, and I can't actually remember. Maybe you can remember better than me because my brain is like uh, the cliched Sam Beckett quantum leap thing. It's Swiss cheese. Um, I can't, oh, boy. Yeah, oh, boy. I can never remember. thing. I don't remember when it is that we first actually met or started talking a lot. I do remember that one of our early conversations that really helped to cement uh, that we both knew how crazy we both were. <laughs> in exactly the right way, was a long discussion of uh, Dr. Sam Loomis as an action figure. Oh, yeah. the Halloween movies. <laughs> and, and the fact that I actually, you know, that we can now own our own Dr. Loomis action figure. And I know that that was a long conversation that spiraled very quickly into sheer insanity. And uh, so I know that was 
<laughs> I remember that very, very well. And I remember you brought the figure the next year. Yeah, because who doesn't want a very stilted-looking action figure of a balding <laughs> British character actor in a raincoat? It just is inherently action-oriented and fun. So, yeah. But no, I... Yeah, I don't remember when that was, though, precisely. No, but actually, anybody out there that might know when the Sam Loomis action figure came out, that could probably nail it down. <laughs> But yeah, then just it was these conventions because that was the thing. You were at the time were from L.A., living in L.A. I was from Baltimore. We only got to know each other, seeing each other briefly at these conventions and started talking from time to time. But quite frankly, I would say that the number one other reason uh, that really cemented the friendship was uh, the availability of Facebook. Yeah, because it's Facebook chatting that really wound up giving us an opportunity to talk on a more regular basis. I can't imagine. It's amazing to me, actually, just in general, how many relationships, friendships, connections people have today that would have been absolutely impossible and never happened in their lives without the Internet. Oh, sure. And no matter how many awful things there are to say about stuff about the Internet, and I mean, it's good <laughs> and bad about everything, if it wasn't for Facebook, we wouldn't have the friendship we have now or all the things we're doing now. We just no. I mean, you just because it was. I mean, there's there is an inconvenience about picking up the phone. Yeah, I mean, or writing a letter. We wouldn't have done that, and 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 I don't know. Maybe we would a little bit, but I don't know. We probably wouldn't have done that. We'd see each other at those conventions a couple times a year, if that, and that would have been the end of it. Yeah. Um. And I know that the, one of the next major steps was one of the years that I was out at L.A. for that. Uh, I had a signing at the Dark Delicacies store there, which is a mm-hmm. wonderful place that you knew uh, much better. Um, wonderful horror uh, and uh, particularly horror and genre content there. And I was doing a signing of Zombie Mania. And I remember, I can't remember his name now, I feel terrible, but I know that one of the guys who had worked on Masters of Horror was also there. Done an episode of that. Oh, I can't remember now. Uh, but we can look that up. And... Um, you came along because I I didn't have a ride. That was, I was out <laughs> of right. without a car, so you were there. It's like no, Dark Delicacies is awesome. I'll go there. And well, yeah, and also it was going going from LAX to Burbank. Yeah, yeah, which is a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, so we did that, and uh, sitting there for a while in Dark Delicacies was another opportunity to really get. And I remember that also the birth of another idea that we'll probably deal with down the line. Uh, was uh, you uh, showing me the, I think, what did you found? The Deathstalker soundtrack? Yeah. There? I still have it, yeah. Yep, and uh, you found that CD, and we started talking about, hmm, there's <laughs> that. Yeah, so between going to the conventions and then eventually being online and talking all the time, that's really where a lot of this came from. And over the last few years, both of us have had the idea of, sort of getting out there a bit more, uh, wanting to talk more with people, sharing more ideas, uh, doing projects like a podcast. There was one idea that I'd had a while back that just kind of didn't really go anywhere. Um, and it was really, this one's really your baby doing uh, G2V and making it happen. Yeah. I mean, it was just, a, we, as you say, we had kicked that idea around for a little while of trying to get something off the ground like this. We had one sort of aborted attempt. And then finally, just because, you know, I've been struggling over the last couple of years to, to get back into marketing and things like that. And, and I had a little bit of free time on my hand and it just hands, it just seemed like a, a perfect time to just dive headfirst into a podcast and make it happen. And uh, that's what we did. Well, I think it also worked out well because one thing I found out pretty quickly on is that there may be a lot of things I enjoy doing. Or that I could be arrogant enough to say that I think I'm good at, whether it's <laughs> writing or editing or the book design or those things. But one thing I found out very quickly is I'm terrible at uh, producing audio for a podcast or, <laughs> or figuring out how to run all the relevant applications to make that happen without tearing my hair out. And you are the uh, producer of the entire show. So yeah. besides co-hosting the show, you're the one that's handling all the production of this show from start to finish. Uh, yeah, and I'm paid. I'm paid so handsomely for it. <laughs> in fact, you know what? For 2014, we're going to double that. So just <laughs> wait. Double nothing is. Yeah. Well, no. Nothing. Don't think about it too hard. Double. Okay. Just focus on the double. Okay. I'm I'm getting double. Um, maybe even triple by the end of the year. You know, if it keeps going well. <laughs> but yeah. So and then it just uh, we just decided to dive in, and I think really it's uh, one thing I'll say uh, 
for certain too is that you I think are better than me at it when you get an idea and really want to jump at something you commit to it 100% in a way that sometimes I think I would probably lag I don't think this would have happened if you hadn't had that energy to say let's just let's just jump in and start making this happen yeah and then in May of last year we just started doing exactly that and it coincided with something great that really got our creative juices flowing and made us excited because around that time early last year was when the evil dead remake sequel (laughs) came out one of many things we both love and it was a great opportunity to say that's it that's we're going to start talking we'll start talking about that and it's it was really amazing actually how quickly all this came together and just felt like well we've already kind of been doing this for a while yeah i mean it's just been a matter of uh well i think like you said just the drive just to make sure it keeps going Mm mm-hmm and uh, and to just say okay we're going to record yeah. you know let's <laughs> we're going to do it we're going to do it tomorrow and you know we ha- we've had to put it off a little bit here and there but one of the kind of one of the cool things is that i told you i mentioned earlier in the in the podcast earlier in the show that i've got this wipe off board uh that's mounted on the wall right here above my um, production table and there's stuff on there that's been crossed off <laughs> and right. when I and I just leave it there until obviously until the board gets too full, which is shockingly it's almost there. Uh, and it's just amazing for me to look back and see all the stuff that we've covered so far, mm-hmm. and realize that uh, yeah we've really made this thing happen. It's really it's come together and and you know maybe maybe we could do more episodes, but I think unlike a lot of the podcasts that you and I have both sampled, where they sort of just turn the mic on and just chat. Uh, a lot of our other stuff where we've you know really discussed certain topics, you and I have researched pretty well ahead of time, and we've prepared ourselves you know well enough so that we can actually engage in a pretty informed conversation pretty well informed conversation and so it's a lot of work going into it but um but I think we've been doing some good stuff well, the goal with a lot of this is well is several levels here i mean obviously. For those of you that have, uh, who are stalwart enough to have made it all the way to this point in this particular episode, <laughs> I know I keep joking about that, but it just it, there's a there's a guilt level to me with this too, which is like we're taking this opportunity to toot our own horns a little bit, and mainly it's because we feel that it might genuinely be interesting to know who the hell we are and why we're doing this show, but. It, it's asking your indulgence a little bit to be listening to the show and hopefully being interested enough to know who we are and care uh, and trust us when we tell you that there are many more things coming up in the future, none of which have anything to do with us continuing to talk <laughs> about our own careers in quite that way. But it was an opportunity to sort of reset for the beginning of the year and say this is why we're doing it. But uh, like you said, there's so many things we've already covered. We've already covered a huge range from heart of science fiction to fantasy and, like we already said, doing guests. The goal was also, though, to capture a bit of that casual atmosphere and make people feel like we don't just want to talk at you. We're hoping that you kind of feel like we're a conversation that you're a part of, which is also why we want more feedback and are eager to have more feedback because it's not about being on a different level or just here are the things we're going to inform you about. It's presenting informed conversation, like you said, and presenting information as accurately as we can. I would never want to talk about something without at least having a good sense of the history of it and what it is we're talking about, but doing it in a way that still is casual and fun. And some of the feedback we've gotten has been that people have enjoyed it mainly because uh, we make each other laugh. And I think that's <laughs> that's one of the things I think is really nice about it too, which is that it, it makes people feel comfortable and sort of happy to invite us into their head. Yeah, and and I think, you know, one of the things that's always been sort of ever-present from the very beginning was that we are doing this show uh, for other people. And the reason I stress that is that uh, there's a lot of podcasts I've sampled over the years, many of which just seem like a group of guys get together and they drink beer and chat amongst themselves with the mics on and then switch them off and that's the end of the podcast. And I don't know if I see much value in that. I know people find that entertaining because there's this idea that, well, I get to sit in with these quote-unquote famous people. But it's not doing something that is deliberately targeting your audience, that's really trying to engage with your audience. And I do think that, well, you and I will engage in funny conversation and we'll laugh and, and have a good time doing this together. Uh, ultimately, we are producing a show for our audience. And I think that's one thing where that's one of our strengths. And I think we've been doing it pretty damn well, if I may say so myself. 
I missed that whole last part because I was in the kitchen getting a beer. But hopefully, it was you something. son of a. <laughs> hopefully, that was informative and entertaining. No, I it was not... so well said. No, I was here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the thing is, it, you, it, we're also feeling maybe for this episode a little bit more uh, open about things. We may talk a bit, a <laughs> bit more about off mic. Is that we're we're trying to do something that has some value and. Uh, and hopefully bring some of our expertise to it, but does it in a way that's that's inclusive too. I mean, it's the same. I have the same approach when we're sitting and talking together for the show that I do when I'm teaching, uh, which is something that I always tell my students. All I ever teach are, are classes that are about media and pop culture, and it's always about teaching critical thinking, how you should never turn your brain off or feel you have to, uh, how you should always be able to read media and appreciate well-crafted storytelling. And key to that is the idea that I always tell them, if I tell you something that I think about a particular movie or a piece of literature, I don't want you to write it down and regurgitate it later on and think that's the only answer. I want to hear your opinion. Your opinion is as important as mine. It's There's no difference at all. There's no hierarchy here. There's no aristocracy. There's a phrase that's been going around <laughs> that came up a while back that's part of why we're doing this episode, which was a yeah. phrase that came up uh, that we heard. won't bother with the full story of it, but the phrase was the geek aristocracy. And um, on the one hand, what was interesting about that, which sort of made us want to do this episode, was, well, we have some genuine qualifications here. We're not just you know sitting down and turning the mic on, like you said. Then again, on the other hand, I think we both agree that the whole idea of an aristocracy sounds kind of offensive because it feels uh, exclusive and isolating, and it shouldn't be that way at all. We all love the same things. We're all fans of these things. We want to talk about them. We want to share it with people, and their opinions are important too, and there shouldn't be that kind of hierarchy. But if there's going to be, we want to make sure people understand why we're in it. We're here. <laughs> We're here for the same reasons they're here. That they're here yeah. because we love all these things and we want to spend time talking about them. And we'd like to share those conversations with people who want to listen. And uh, maybe for the last time, I'll I'll mention that uh, this may not be the episode that they, they want to hear, but maybe it's the episode they need to hear at this particular point. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that pretty much covers everything about us, about where the show's going, and where uh, what, how the show came together. I think we've uh, I think we pretty much covered everything. And I do Can you wanna, think of anything else? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat what you said at the beginning, which is because we were very vague and we're being deliberately so. But yes, uh, trust us, this is not the way the show's going to keep going. We have we we've spent so much time in the last six months talking about so many different fun things. Uh, some appear to have drawn a little more attention than others, which, like we mentioned earlier about feedback, helps us to see what you'd like to hear more of. And we have many, many things on Scott's board that are planned for even early in 2014, including a lot more interviews and guests with people from a wide variety of different industries and creative sides of media uh, that we think will really be exciting and entertaining for people. So if you are at the end of this episode, thinking, well, I don't know if I always want to hear these two guys. <laughs> we certainly hope you do, but rest assured, it won't be, because we're also going to be bringing many other people to the table as well. And uh, we think there'll be some genuine surprises here with uh, some of the things we've got lined up. So we're looking forward to recording them, and we're looking forward to sharing them with everybody. Yeah, we've actually been stunned that some of the people we've approached have said, yes, I'd like to be on your show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've actually been setting our sights pretty high, and uh, we've been pretty thrilled at the, at the results of our, our inquiries. So we'll see how that all goes, and I think you guys are going to be uh, really pleased. Now that said, I mentioned way back in the beginning of this uh, episode that we were going to have another contest. Contest time! <laughs> it's not a trap. Please so... do not be alarmed. This is only a contest <laughs> for a free thing. We are going to give away a free thing. You can't be hurt free, in any way. You, can, you cannot be hurt. We don't. We, yeah, we will not harm you. You are only going to offer up enough information for us to get you a free prize. So 
Here we go. Uh, well, actually, so the reason that we're joking about that. So for those of you who maybe haven't heard our uh, previous contest issues, we've been giving away some really, really terrific prizes over the last few months. And shockingly, we've had very light responses in some cases. And we don't quite understand why. So again, engage. That's what we're trying to do and, and get involved. And please enter the contest because at the very least, it's going to show us that you guys are out there listening and that you have interest in the same kind of stuff that we're interested oh, in. Oh, and, and by that, the way, and, if, for any, if for some reason we're doing these contests, it's like, well, but I'm not interested in what you're offering or, uh, oh, but I already have that. Well, there's another great opportunity for feedback. What would you like us to do in future contests? Yeah, there are many yeah, other possibilities absolutely. there, so we'd be happy to hear that and and build on that based on your feedback. And we will only share your contact information with Target, <laughs> so there can't be any danger in that whatsoever. <laughs> no, no debit cards required. All right, so so I uh, I've already slipped a little mention of this uh, this prize in earlier when I was talking about myself waxing about myself for way too many minutes <laughs> and uh, I am going to be giving away a copy of I Davros Guilt written by myself <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, stars Terry Malloy as Davros Peter Miles repli- reprising his role as Niter and if you have not heard this play and you have seen Genesis of the Daleks you will be shocked at how amazing he is in this role it's like he hasn't aged a day and how many years has it been a lot and Terry uh, Malloy is playing Davros leading into what for many people was Michael Wisher's certainly the original right. and definitive performance that Malloy then built on so beautifully over the years but he's now taking it on chronologically prior to Wisher I, I can only talk about I Davros guilt by the way as a fan of your work <laughs> that I even beforehand and uh and it is a genuine joy, I think, for any Doctor Who fan. And to have something that is such a beautifully crafted, direct prequel to one of the greatest stories Doctor Who has ever presented, I just I don't think you can do any better than that. Right, move in! Go, go, go! Expect company! There they are! Zars! Two Zars dead! Take those weapons! The cells should be just beyond that intersection. Two more stars. Hand me those charges. Get back! This way, come on! Come on. Sir, how certain are we that Davros is being held in that facility? Certain enough, Ludella. Most of the cells are empty. There's no sign. Look out! Nida, what's going on? Nida! Mortars, Supremo. They got one of ours. We're moving on. Time. 2347, sir. Time that reflects both the progress of the mission. Hawks or Davros dies. I have given orders that if we fall, he is to die. That voice, that was the woman who sent the transmission. Nida, I want that woman alive. One false move and I burn a hole through his skull. Don't be a fool. Help me. Hand him over and I'll spare your life. You think you're really in a position to negotiate? You're outnumbered and you're outgunned. There's only one way this is going to end. Oh no, there is another... Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. I mean, and, and I and I wouldn't say that just because we're doing the show, but it helps. But no. I also mean it as well. Um, it, but anyway, so it's uh, it is episode four of this miniseries, but uh, there's enough material in here so that if you haven't heard the previous three episodes, you won't be completely lost. It is sort of its own self, you know, so separate storyline. Uh, it's only 65 minutes, but it also includes a, a really neat behind the scenes documentary. So you'll probably find that quite interesting as well. Uh, it's a single CD. It's from Big Finish Productions. 
I Davros Guilt, and I'm going to sign it for you for whoever our lucky winner is. And uh, we just have, uh, it's not even a trivia question or anything like that. It's more like a poll. So here's the question. Uh, which actor was your favorite Davros? Would it be Michael Wisher, the original, you might say, David Gooderson, who appeared in Destiny of the Daleks, Terry Malloy, uh, who's in my play here and also was sort of the king of the 80s, uh, or Julian Bleach, who was the uh, the most recent incarnation? Uh, all we want you to do is just pick which one. If you want to talk about why you like them, feel free. And then just email your answer to contact at g2vpodcast.com and put Davros in the subject heading so we know what this uh, what the emails are, are are about. And we will just randomly draw a winner from all of the submissions we get and uh, announce the results of the poll at the uh, in our next episode. We might want to add one little wrinkle. I just wanted to throw this oh, in. Sure. In a previous contest, uh, you asked for like a feedback kind of question rather than a trivia question, and we said we would read the winner uh, in a future episode. So if you do pick a favorite Davros and share why that is, and if you're okay with it, you can certainly tell us if, you, if you're if you not and you don't want us to, then we could also <laughs> share that little story too on the, uh, on the episode when we announce the winner. Oh, sure, yeah. But yeah, so don't be scared uh, about not knowing information and not knowing an answer to a trivia question or anything like that. We were worried that maybe some of our previous contests, we've done questions and maybe that was turning people off because they simply didn't know. Uh, But in this case, just go ahead and pick which Davros is your favorite. And you'll win a prize. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that brings to an end the very first episode of the G2V podcast for 2014. And now thinking back, I already realized that I keep going back and forth between 2014 and 2014, and that drives me insane. But never mind. It's the same (laughs) year. I'm just noticing that about myself now, and I can't decide. In fact, there's another great bit of feedback right there. Why don't you tell me what I should say? Should I call the years by 20, or should I say 2000? What makes more sense? It bothers me. Let me know. Thank you very much. But that is the end of this episode in which, as Scott mentioned earlier, we both waxed quite a bit nostalgically or otherwise, about ourselves (laughs) in an effort to introduce ourselves to all the new influx of people that we have on the various social media and listening to the show. We hope you stuck with this episode through to the end to get to the contest and that you were interested by some of the things we had to share about why we're here and why we intend to continue to hopefully provide you with some really entertaining stuff coming up in the new year. We're really looking forward to recording some of these interviews and shows and sharing them with you. And by all means, once again, I know we keep saying it, but it certainly bears repeating. Uh, Stay in touch. Let us know how you think about every episode as it comes out. Visit the website at g2vpodcast.com. Check out our Facebook page, Twitter, Tumblr. Contact us through email at contact at gwpodcast.com. And otherwise, just give us all your feedback because we want to make the show for you and we want to keep making it better. And thanks for listening to the G2V Podcast, now part of the Chronic Rift Network at chronicrift.com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and please rate us while you're there. Visit our website at gwpodcast.com. Join our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at G2V Podcast. And if you have any comments or questions, send them our way via contact at g2vpodcast.com. Our show music is by Brian Boyko and Frank Nora. <laughs> <laughs>